Well, hello guys, how are you? How are you guys? That, on my notes, that is the first thing I have written down. How are you guys? Are you guys ready for the holiday season? Welcome to November 1st, which starts off Christmas. Uh, are you guys, Christmas starts November 1st, or are you guys wrong? Are you? <laughs> After Thanksgiving, I am honestly shocked to hear that Jenny's an after Thanksgiving person. I've known her for seven years, <laughs> almost eight, and I did not know that about her. Um, I have actually been broken down thanks to all of the ads on television and all of the music that plays in stores and Target, and now I'm a Christmas starts before Thanksgiving person. Yes. Thank you. I have re I've been reformed. That is who I am now. <laughs> um, I will do nothing in order to like show that in my life. I have not decorated. It is, it is internal. It's a spiritual thing. Jenny <laughs> uh, asked me if I put my tree up, and I'm like, ah, nah. I don't want to get it out of the box. Uh, <laughs> are you guys real tree or fake tree people? Fake tree? Me too. I have a flocked tree. Jenny got me a flocked tree for my birthday one year. That was prophetic. I, I never had a Christmas tree like that before, and it's beautiful, and I love it. Um, okay, so I have some good news today. This will not be your everyday thankful sermon. I know I have the word gratitude in the title. Um, ignore the other word. We'll get there in a minute. Don't worry. I'll bring you there. Um, <laughs> have you guys ever been to like a Thanksgiving sermon where it's like, hey, guys, just be thankful. Just thankful for everything. Thankful for the fun times and the turkey and the family that you may or may not like. Just be thankful. That is not what I'm talking about today. <laughs> um, this is something that kind of like, okay, so Jenny about a month ago was like, hey, you're going to preach on gratitude. And I was like, cool, I love that topic. Thanksgiving, we're going into November. I'm super excited. I can talk about being grateful. And uh, as I was praying about it, literally about a week after Jenny said that, the Lord was like, grateful for the pain. That was not what, God didn't look like this, I look like that. But I said, okay, what does that mean? Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it means to be grateful for the pain. And the Lord reminded me that I do know what it means to be grateful for the pain. Um, and it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because I don't know if you're like me, but I like to avoid my problems. Um, I like to not talk about the bad things. Uh, and so when the Lord was like, I want you to talk about the hard things that are deep inside of your soul, I said, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like somebody who's like, something, somebody who I feel like is more spiritual than me would do, like Jenny or Pastor Bill. <laughs> like on a Sunday morning, they can talk about this stuff. I will talk about the fun things. And that is not obviously what happened. Um, but this message is definitely from the Lord because this is something the Lord has been working on my heart for a very long time. How long, you ask? Uh, I had a season when I was about a uh, sophomore in college, which was five or six years ago. I don't know which one. I'm going to go with five years. Um, it was five years ago when the Lord asked me to be thankful. And I said, got it. What does that mean? And the way that this kind of came together, what this looked like was, in my prayers, all I could do was thank God. 
I don't know if you guys have ever had this kind of experience where like, you just really feel like you need to pray something. And like, that's all you can do is pray that thing. So I'm writing in my prayer journal, thank you, Lord, for thing, 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 thing. <laughs> thank you, God, for this thing that hasn't happened yet, but I know he's going to do it. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God, for my friends. Thank you, God, for my small group. I'm thanking God for things that I haven't seen yet. I'm thanking God for things in the future. I'm thanking God for situations in my life that I'm frustrated about. And that was not necessarily something that I really understood. It was just something that I was doing. I'd been pursuing the Lord for about a year at that point, And that was just something that the Lord was building inside of me. I didn't understand why. Looking back, it makes a ton of sense. At the moment, it did not make any sense. And as I was kind of reading through the Bible and figuring out what it meant and what it looked like to love the Lord, he actually, in this season, brought me to this scripture. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18. Rejoice at all times. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thank God in every season. A season of praying with gratitude, a season of figuring out what it looked like to thank God when it was hard, a season when it looks like to thank God when it's okay, when everything's fine. Um, thank God in every season. Uh, this is about a season of pain, though. This is about a time when I didn't really know how to trust the Lord, and I had to figure it out. So we're going to do, we're going to go to the next slide. We have a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Did you guys read that book series when you were growing up? So I read that book series when I think I was in elementary school. I don't really know. They have a TV series. They have a movie. But I specifically read that because I was a child nerd <laughs> and read every book that they had in the library. I read all of these books. I remember the last one coming out at a midnight premiere and I drove to Barnes and Noble. I did not drive. I was a child. My mom drove me to Barnes and Noble and I picked it up at the midnight premiere. Um, I'm Amanda. <laughs> um, uh, this is, but I realized, you know, the story I'm about to tell you guys, I know I'm building up to it. Get excited. Um, it kind of relates to that because the book series that I'm talking about, every single book, it seems like everything's going to be fine, and then the entire world falls apart all over again. For 13 books, you're like, these children deserve a break, because it's about children. <laughs> these children deserve a break, and they don't get a break till the last book, and it's like they travel on a boat into, you know, the sunset. That is their break, <laughs> and that is the book series that I'm relating my life to. Uh, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of context. I want to show a picture of my family. Oh, look at how cute they are. They're so cute. So we have Ben. Hey, Ben. We have me. That's my mom. That's my older brother, Kenny, and my younger brother, Sam. He was. <laughs> this was church on Sunday. <laughs> so he had just met Jenny. Um, <laughs> he was like, she loves God. <laughs> I said, you're right. Uh, and then this is my dad. We don't have a picture together with him because it's been, because you're going to hear about that in a minute. Um, don't worry, it's going to come up. But this is, this is what my family looks like. I got a little envious of Ricky because when he preached, he showed his beautiful family, including Sierra and his dog. And I was like, I want to show my family. <laughs> so 
I, d <laughs> I am not responsible enough for a dog. <laughs> um, but this is what my family looks like. Um, I was praying about what the Lord, like which stories the Lord wanted me to tell. I've always loved telling stories. I've always loved talking about what God's done in my life. Um, and I think to begin, we're going to talk about Steve. <laughs> this is my dad, Steve Tyler. Um, Steven Tyler, if anybody's wondering. This is Steven Tyler II. That is Steven Tyler III. Um, he was my best friend growing up. If anybody has a dad who's like always been there for you, would take you to the mall, uh, talk to you about things that were going on in your life, you know, he was the person who gave me my first cup of coffee, <laughs> which matters to me because I love coffee. <laughs> um, he was the person who taught me how to have grace for people. He was the person who taught me how to talk somebody into buying 40 t-shirts when they only came in for 10. He was the person who taught me how to invite people out to lunch after church. Um, he was somebody who always believed in me. Uh, he always believed that I could be anything. And he didn't say, you can be anything. He just believed I could be anything. He just expected me to do anything I wanted to do. And so this was the person I grew up with. And he had faults. Don't get me wrong. Growing up, I had way too much responsibility. Um, he, he had faults. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I knew that he loved me. He loved my brothers and that he believed in me. And so my freshman year, when I was about 19 years old, my dad had a psychotic break. Uh, there had been a series of things that had happened in his life that kind of led up to this point. But my freshman year, winter break, my, my dad just became a different person. He was like an alien that I did not know. And little did I know, I did not know this was going to happen, but two weeks before my dad had a psychotic break, I actually gave my heart to the Lord. I was 19 years old. Uh, it was winter break. My older brother had been trying to convince me to read the Bible for I cannot stress this enough, Five years he <laughs> told me to read the Bible. Uh, and I finally got to the point where I was like, my life is going nowhere. I was depressed. I was anxious. I had social anxiety so bad that I couldn't talk to strangers. And I just needed something more. And the Lord gave me three dreams, basically saying, now is the time. And I began reading the book of Luke. Totally changed my life. Gave my heart to the Lord. Decided I wanted to live that out. Two weeks later, my dad, who is my best friend, becomes a different person. Starts abusing my family, financially, physically, emotionally. Um, he really tried. Uh, we just didn't know what was going on, to be honest with you. And it felt like it was always going to get better because I wanted to believe that it was always going to get better, and it just never did. So that was kind of my college experience to begin with. That was my freshman year. And uh, going along that kind of vein, I kept believing things were going to get better. I kept believing, like, that's the worst thing that will ever happen to me. So I remember praying with my older brother that my dad would get better uh, all summer, you know, through all of the abuse, through all of the things that we were kind of going through and walking through from the person that we trusted most in the world, praying that everything was going to get better. And I remember November of my sophomore year, my mom called me. And I was actually getting ready for the Chi Alpha bonfire. And I think it was our first one. <laughs> I was getting ready for our first Chi Alpha bonfire. My mom calls me and she's like, hey, just so you know, I'm divorcing your dad. And I thought to myself, so does this mean it's not going to get better? 
and she explained what was going on, the situation, the feelings, the emotions. And I was like, okay, mom. I mean, I don't really feel like there's anything I can do to talk you out of this. <laughs> and I hung up the phone, and I cried on my floor for two hours <laughs> uh, until the Chi Alpha bonfire, which I then went to. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm nothing if not persistent. I don't know. I'm nothing if not faithful. <laughs> um, I went to the Chi Alpha bonfire, and I had never, I hadn't really talked to a lot of people about what was going on in my life. People knew in the background that I was going through hard things, but I'd never been open and honest with what was actually happening. Um, and so I just kind of was like a zombie the whole night. And nobody really noticed because I had social anxiety. <laughs> so nobody was like surprised <laughs> that I wasn't really talking to a ton of people. But I was still kind of bubbly and, you know. Uh, at the end of the night, everybody was kind of leaving, and I remember there was three people there, and one of them, her name was Taylo, uh, and I hadn't really talked to Taylo because I was jealous of her. <laughs> she was kind and sweet, and everybody loved her, and her life was perfect, and my life was a wreck. And I remember I was just like, I'm going to nip this in the bud. I'm going to have a conversation with her. And as I began talking to her, her life was not perfect. She had a, a lot of really hard things going on, too. And I opened up with what had just happened with my mom and what was going on in my family. And she was kind and she was loving. And she talked about God with me in a way that I hadn't really experienced with other people. And she became one of my best friends. And that was a season where I thought there was nothing good that could come out of it. And the Lord made something really beautiful out of that season because we're still really close friends. We still talk once a month. <laughs> And it's been five or six years now. Um, the next story I have for you happened uh, actually three months later. <laughs> uh, I was 20. We're going to go with 20. <laughs> it's hard to keep track after you graduate. You're like, I was an age. <laughs> I promise, I was young once. <laughs> um, I was 20 years old. And I got into a horrific car accident, as Jenny has said from the stage before. <laughs> um, I, it was actually really tragic. And looking back, like, I look fine. I'm fine. But I got hit by a car that had, like, a caged front, ended up, like, 150 yards up an off-ramp. Um, I ended up going to the hospital. I was black and blue. It was, like, a really bad situation. Uh, it was not fun. And I remember I was having a terrible day. <laughs> like a really bad day. I was frustrated at something that was happening in my family, which is going to be a theme in this story. <laughs> um, and there's, there's nothing I could really control in it. And so I just like left the house. I just left the house. I was like, I can't be here anymore. I have to go somewhere else. And as I was literally running away from my problems, I got T-boned <laughs> by a car and ended up at the hospital. <laughs> and I remember the drive to the hospital. I was like, God, why me? I was like, Lord, <laughs> why? And I'm talking to the to the EMT or paramedic. I don't I don't know. I was talking to the guy, and he had a Boston accent that I will not recreate because it is rude of me to do that. <laughs> he had a Boston accent, and he was like, Oh no, you like got blood on my pants. And I was like, I don't feel like that's my fault. <laughs> I did not put the needle inside of my arm. I don't feel like that's something I could control. And he's like, you're funny. And I'm like, it's the trauma. Um, and as I'm like, as I'm like, he, he like 
stops talking to me because obviously I have problems. <laughs> it's like a 15-minute drive to the hospital. I've got like a collar on, and I'm like, God, why me? <laughs> Not out loud. <laughs> I wasn't trying to get committed to a psych ward. <laughs> it was internal. <laughs> and, and I'm just kind of like listening, and I, there was no answer. And I was like, okay, you know, I'd been pursuing the Lord for a little over a year at that point. And I was like, he was like, am I still good? And I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm ready for that question yet. He was like, am I still good? And in that moment, that was very hard, I had to decide that God was still good. And I'm going to be talking about being grateful for the pain in a little bit, don't worry. Like, looking back in that moment, I was not grateful for that moment. I could not be grateful for that moment. That moment sucked. I would not wish that moment on anybody. My worst enemies, I don't have any enemies, but if I had a, if I had a nemesis, I would not wish that moment on them. It's not fair. <laughs> it wasn't fair to have problem after problem after problem, dealing with what was going on with my family at home, seeing the person I loved most in the world become a different person, struggling through what it looked like for my mom, what it looked like for my two little brothers who I practically raised. And at that moment, also be physically incapacitated by another vehicle on the road. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, God, you're still good. And it was a defining moment in my walk with the Lord because it's a hard moment with my, in my walk with the Lord. Um, because in that moment, I had to be thankful that I wasn't dead. I had to be thankful that I could still walk. But I also had to deal with the reality that it still sucked. And it was still really hard. And so I went to Chi Alpha the Tuesday after that. Um, and I looked like steak meat. <laughs> it was not, I did not look good. I had a friend pick me up. She was like, you look like you got hit by a car. And I was like, weird. <laughs> Um, that's exactly what happened. And I went to Chi Alpha, and I had people pray over me. And in this moment, that was traumatic and painful. And I, I couldn't hide the fact that that had happened to me. There was lots of hard things going on. I couldn't hide the fact that that was happening to me. The, the community around me loved me. They prayed for me, intentionally came up to me and prayed for me, that I would be healed, that I wouldn't have any permanent damage, that I would see the Lord in that moment. And, uh, and I did. And I needed those people. And I began to trust that community a little bit more, our community. It was my, you know, sophomore year in Chi Alpha. Uh, a year later, almost exactly a year later, uh, my family home burned down. Um, <laughs> Now, are you guys understanding why I called this a series of unfortunate events? <laughs> um, I get a phone call from my brother, and it was like 1.30 in the morning, and I was studying. It was right before uh, Sunday. It was Sunday night, I, or Sunday morning, I guess, 1 o'clock on Sunday morning. I get a phone call from my mom, my brother, another phone call from my mom, another phone call from my brother. I was like, I am not calling my mom back. <laughs> this does not look good. I call my brother, and he's like, hey, I'm on my way to Williamsburg right now. The house just burned down. And I was like, I am not spiritually prepared for this moment. <laughs> you never are spiritually prepared for moments like that. 
And I'm like, is everybody okay? And they're like, Ben's on the way to the hospital. And I'm like, I'll walk there. That's fine. I didn't have a car. So I was like, I'll just walk to Williamsburg. And Kenny was like, no, it's, a, it's exam week. You can't walk to Williamsburg. And I was like, I'll try. I'll try my hardest to walk to Williamsburg. And he was like, no, just take your exams. Um, and I kind of like ended up in this limbo area where I was watching this really hard thing happen to my family, knowing that, you know, in a lot of ways, our life would never look the same. And I'd had a lot of moments in the past couple years where, you know, I'd been like, hey, God, me again. Why? Why me? Why us? Why does this keep happening? That's not like, that's not like a direct result of what my dad had going on. It's not like he went crazy and then he lit a match. It just happened. And it was this really frustrating moment where I was like, do I trust him? Can I see him in this moment? And so I texted the leadership thread, Kai Alpha leadership thread, and I said, hey guys, uh, my house burned down. Can you all pray for my family? And... Um, Somebody was like, is this a joke? And I was like, no, this is not a joke. Why would I joke about that? Uh, and I had to, it was, it was strange. Uh, I, I, I had a really messed up phone at the time because um, of reasons. There's a lot of reasons why I had a messed up phone, one of which I'm clumsy. Um, and so, like, I wasn't picking up my phone, and Jenny was freaking out. She was like, is she okay? Is everything fine? And I'm like... I don't know, and I was getting ready for church the next morning. I, like, got in touch with Jenny, and I was like, I don't know if I can do this again. I, I started to hate how people would look at me <laughs> because, like, things kept happening. And I get to church, and I go praise the Lord in the front because I always, I always worshiped up front. And... I remember we were, I don't remember what song we were singing. I don't know what was, I, it was Waymaker. We were singing Waymaker. <laughs> and I was like, he is a Waymaker, isn't he? Uh, and I remember I just collapsed and started weeping because there was nothing I could do. I couldn't get to my family. I couldn't rebuild the house. I couldn't solve all the problems that were was happening with what was going on in the background of my life. And everybody surrounded me and prayed for me. And I did not have the strength in that moment to be okay. And nobody expected me to be okay. I didn't talk for a couple days because it just felt terrible. It felt hard. It felt like it was too much to just say words. And there was a lot of these really deep moments where I just didn't have enough in me to give out to anybody. And I remember at the end of this kind of, the Lord is amazing. Because when I didn't have anywhere to go, I actually was already doing an internship with Jenny um, where I actually stayed at her house for a few months. That had, that had happened months before. Um, and I got to see the Lord's faithfulness in a lot of areas. My little brother's obviously okay. That's Ben Tyler right there. <laughs> um, and we did not think that we had insurance. I did not think we had insurance on the house. We actually had full insurance. The house got completely rebuilt. And my mom has a all new house now in Williamsburg. Praise God. 
All of our stuff got replaced. Crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And I remember in that moment I wasn't grateful for it. But I can tell you right now, looking back, I am grateful for it. I'm grateful for what the Lord did in my life. I'm grateful for what the Lord did in my family's life because we are better for it. And I know that that sounds like an easy phrase to say about a hard thing. You're better for all of those terrible things that happened to you. I'm a better person. I'm more kind. I'm more compassionate. I can give you a list of reasons why this was better, (laughs) why I am a better person. (laughs) But the reality is what made it better is, and Jenny stole my sermon point when she (laughs) came up and prayed after worship, God took all of those ashes, and some of them literal ashes in my life, and made them really beautiful. I know. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And I'm not telling you this so I can brag about how much I've gone through. I'm not telling you this. I'm telling you this because regardless, God is still good. So I can brag about what God's done in my life. Because I, the car accident I got into, uh, that was actually my brother's car. Ooh. <laughs> Tell you what, that's an awkward phone call. Also, my phone, I remember, I'm remembering this now, my phone was on 1%, so I had one phone call I could make. <laughs> and I did not call my brother. <laughs> I called my mom, which I did not want to do. Because <laughs> my mom's like, oh no, my child could be dying. She's like, what hospital are you at? And I'm like, I'm in an ambulance. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, my brother actually ended up getting his car that was not paid off, paid off, and he got money towards a new car that he's still using. So praise God. Um, He does not let me drive his car, though. Fair enough. Um, My parents, even though they are divorced, still have a really great relationship. Um, My dad really struggled with alcoholism for the past uh, six years, and he is two months sober now. Which is crazy, because it, like, was wrecking things. <laughs> it was, like, holidays sucked. I, I know we're talking about, like, holidays, like I mentioned it. Um, holidays were hard, and I don't know what they're going to be like this year. I have no idea, because this will be the first year in almost six years that he's been sober. Um, But can I tell you that in those moments when those hard things were happening, I was not grateful. I was stressed. I was frustrated. I was mad because I couldn't control what was going on. And I had these moments where, you know, they tell you how to act, how to react. They're like, have peace, have joy. And that is a part of my sermon. I will be saying those words. Um, But you don't feel that way when hard things are happening to you when you're in a class that is four credits and you may well flunk out of it and that's going to cost you extra money, that's going to stress your parents out, that might lower your GPA enough where you're on academic probation. When you're taking 18 credits and you're overwhelmed and nobody really understands. When your boyfriend, girlfriend breaks up with you and your heart is literally falling apart and you have nothing you can do about it but you just can't explain those feelings to people. And there's these hard moments where it is impossible for you to feel grateful, grateful for every circumstance. And that yet the Bible says, hold on, I gotta go back on my notes. (laughs) Rejoice at all times, pray without ceasing, 
give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Those aren't moments where you feel grateful. Those aren't moments where you feel like everything's going to be okay. Maybe you guys have had your parents get divorced since you've come to college. Maybe you guys have had really terrible things happen as a result of the college experience, as a result of COVID, as a result of any of the things that could have happened growing up, you know? And those aren't things you feel like you can be grateful about. And when I was like, okay, Lord, grateful for the pain. (laughs) That sounds so fun. (laughs) I love pain. (laughs) I remembered that in those moments, thanking God for who he is changes everything. Because regardless of the circumstances that you have going on, God is still good. His character stays the same. And so I have a couple of points for you guys. I have a couple of slides. Goodbye, beautiful family. Why be grateful for the hard things? Number one, gratitude is a life-changing attitude. It's easy to have a grateful attitude when everything is easy. It's much harder when it's not. James 1, verse 2 through 4 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking in anything. Having a grateful attitude in the midst of what's going on in your life, and I know that that may sound like an easy thing to say (laughs) and a hard thing to do, will change things being grateful that the Lord woke you up in the morning. Uh, For some reason, and I don't know when this started in my life, before I start a prayer, or right, like the start of my prayer, is always, thank you, Lord, for this day. Or thank you, Lord, for this person. Because the reality is, I'm grateful that I get to be here. And it changes the attitude of my prayer. It changes the attitude of how I see a person. I have had beef with people before. I know, shocking. (laughs) That I have said thank you, Lord, for them, and it has changed how I see that person. I have been frustrated at situations, and I have thanked the Lord for that situation, and I've seen the Lord in that situation. But if I just went through my whole life being bitter and mad and angry and frustrated that all of these hard things happened to me, I would miss out on seeing the amazing things God could do in them. So number two, you are refined in the fire. God cares about your character more than he does your happiness and worldly success. (laughs) Happiness is not a fruit of the spirit. God wants you to have joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Also, my middle name is Joy, so I would like to consider myself an expert on it. (laughs) Here's the thing. That got loud, sorry. Joy isn't circumstantial. It comes from the Lord. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. uh, In all this you greatly rejoice, though for now, for a little while, uh, you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. 
the refining process is not a fun process. Personal experience, I can say that. <laughs> I'm a better person for what has happened to me, but that was not a fun process to go through. But I love who I am in Christ. And I did not love who I was before Christ. I remember waking up every morning and thinking, I am not who I'm supposed to be. And now I wake up and I know God's doing something in me. And so the refining process requires impurities to be removed, uh, which happens through fire, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> and fortunately. <laughs> you know, everything gets taken away. Uh, and I know sometimes it can be scary to have that happen to you. You can be like, well, is this God punishing me? And it is not. Because he's there with you in it. He's there with you through it. He sees you and he knows you and he loves you. And I was, as I was praying about this, as I was doing the sermon, the Lord reminded me of something that happened to me when I was 10 years old. <laughs> uh, I got the amazing opportunity to go to a chocolate fair, a chocolate extravaganza, <laughs> if you will, that for some reason Williamsburg has every year. <laughs> In Williamsburg, Virginia, they have vendors from all around bring chocolate delights. <laughs> I know, it sounds like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It is. Uh, like chocolate fountains, they had chocolate mashed potatoes, chocolate ice cream, and this was for adults. But I got to go because I was mature. <laughs> it's the trauma. <laughs> And I was not spiritually, I was 10, but I was not spiritually, physically, emotionally ready for this. And so I ate all of the chocolate. <laughs> I know what you think I said, some of the chocolate. I ate all of the chocolate. I went to every table. I tried the chocolate mashed potatoes. They were fine. Ben and Jerry's chocolate fudge, chocolate ice cream. It was fine. Chocolate strawberries was where it was at. That's where it was at. And I thought I had hit the jackpot because my brothers did not get to go. I got to go. <laughs> and I get home and I go to bed and I'm like, this has been the best day ever. <laughs> Only to be woken up at one o'clock in the morning to the worst experience ever. <laughs> I threw up everywhere. <laughs> It was not fun. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, where you have to, like, go tell your mom. Y'all. <laughs> I'm like, I, I misused this present from the Lord. I have abused this. And I had to, like, go tell my mom, like, hi. <laughs> and then it was literally the worst night of my life up until that point. Uh, because even though I thought I knew what I was doing, even though I thought that I could handle the responsibility of a chocolate extravaganza, I could not. And I think a lot of times we look at situations and we're like, this terrible thing is happening to me. Uh, why is this happening to me? You know, I ate all the chocolate. That was on me. <laughs> that was not on God. <laughs> but there's a lot of situations where we don't take into account the reality that we have to learn these things. There's gonna be harder things in life. I don't think I've gone through the hardest things I'll ever go through. 
And that sounds like a scary statement, you know? I thought that I could control myself. I thought that, like, I was, I was the happiest I could ever be. But that didn't matter because I could not control myself. Again, I was 10, so got to give myself a little grace. But I think a lot of times we have that happen to ourselves, where our parents will let us do things because they know it'll get us into trouble, and we'll learn, <laughs> you know? So point three, it's if, not when. Might as well prepare right now. But God. But God. John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It is if, not when. It is when, not if. So I, I, was t uh, I have no excuse. I have no excuse. That, that was on me. Don't take a picture of that. You don't need to keep that forever. <laughs> it was when, not if. LOL. I even, I even had it right the first time and then redid it. <laughs> Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Um, Jesus, we are promised one thing in this Christian life. Well, two things in this Christian life. First thing is that Jesus will be there with us the whole time. He doesn't take a break. He's not like Sunday is also my day off. He's there every day. He's, he wants to build a relationship with you. He wants to see you. I personally have experienced Jesus wanting to build a relationship with me, wanting to love me, wanting to bless me. And also, you will have troubles. And to be honest, you're going to have troubles regardless of if you're a Christian. But can I tell you, life is so much better when, you're <laughs> when you know that you're not alone in it. The hard moments are so much better when you know that you have somebody on your side fighting for you. When you can trust that the Lord is going to bring you into a godly community that is going to love you and pray for you when you can trust that in moments where everything feels overwhelming, you can seek something greater than yourself. As someone who has had bad days, who has treated people poorly and needed grace, I know for a fact that I'm better off because of Christ. As somebody who remembers crying on the floor, wondering if it'll ever start, stop hurting, who felt like she was taking hit after hit and had to get back up again because what else was I supposed to do? As somebody who's had good days, who's felt like maybe I finally got a handle on this whole thing, I know that I need the Lord. I was 19 when I read the Gospel of Luke in a Starbucks on winter break. I was 19 when I figured out that Jesus was for me regardless of the feelings of not being good enough and the frustration that the world had to offer me. And since then, even when I've gotten things wrong, he walks with me through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hard things are going to happen regardless. Let him be there with you. So I have right now, it says, that's not the end of the story. Um, so uh, my little brother, who's not on the screen anymore, uh, went through, both of my little brothers went through a really hard time, but one of my younger brothers really fell into drugs and alcohol and uh, the wrong crowd. 
and a year ago he gave his heart to the Lord. My dad's been two months sober. Uh, my mom has more confidence than she's ever had. I uh, no longer have social anxiety. Praise God. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Look at God. Uh, my little brother lives with me, and he's seeking God harder than I ever could have imagined. And my older brother, who really catalyzed all of this by praying for a long time, is teacher of the year at his school. We are the people we never thought we could be because of who God is in us. And my dad called me a couple days before my birthday, and he was telling me, you know, he was in an A, me a meeting, and he was telling all, all, everybody was telling, talking about, like, how they messed up their family. And when it got to my dad, he was like, my kids are actually doing great. <laughs> and uh, I took a second, and I kind of, like, heard what he was saying. And I was like, Dad, before you had your breakdown, you prayed for us for 20 years. Those 20 years of prayers did not go void. Those 20 years of prayer are in us. We get to know who God is because you prayed for us. And so I, uh, will you guys close your eyes for me? If there's anybody here who feels like they're going through it and they can't, they just don't even know what to do. They don't know how to be grateful. Looking back, in those moments, it was hard to be grateful. But I can look back right now and be grateful for those moments. I can praise God in every circumstance. I can rejoice. If there's anybody here who doesn't feel like they can rejoice, will you look at me? I want to pray for you. Lord, I just thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you for what you've done in our lives. Thank you for the work that you're doing and who we are and what and the things that you have for us, God. Thank you for these hard moments that are shaping us. Thank you for these hard things that we have walked through that feel overwhelming, but you are so good in the midst of them. Thank you, Lord, that your character does not change. Lord, I pray that you would just walk with us alongside, that you would give us moments where we can see you in impossible things. I pray that you would overwhelm these students who have things going on that they're too afraid to talk about, that they don't know how to broach the subject of. And Lord, I pray that you would grow in us a grateful heart. In every circumstance, we would be able to rejoice. Keep your eyes closed. If there's anybody here who'd like to give their heart to the Lord, would you guys raise your hand? Okay. Lord, I, if you guys will repeat after me. Lord, I just give my heart to you. Lord, I pray that uh, you would come in into my heart and that you would just remove all the things that I have, uh, that I have stored up inside of me. Lord, I give you my whole self. I pray that you would teach me how to go about my day. You would teach me how to go about these frustrating situations. Lord, forgive me for my sins. 
and help me make you Lord of my life every day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you guys. Yeah, so we're going to do, if you have any questions about missions trips, come see Ricky. If you have any questions about baptisms, you can come see Jenny. Um, and if anybody would like to talk about anything they've been struggling with, you can come see me. Have an amazing week, guys.